So what is your concept or understanding of church? Yes. We are here. So I want us I want church to be real. So let's not just come, sit down, finish, off we go. But what is the concept? What's your understanding? Solution to issues, yes. Anyone else? IOD? It's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. For me, I was just saying maybe the, the body of Christ, you know, on earth, kind of, and then basically the body would basically help make itself clean, kind of, <coughs> to, to be presentable to God. So it's the body of Christ, but it's also the body that's. That helps make itself spotless and blameless as well. Because I mean, when we have our bath in the morning, we all we, we rub, wash our body with our body. So that's essentially what church is. Mm-hmm. That should help you kind of become clean. That's know? right. Kabura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of this. All. 
all of the above. <laughs> Kingsley is joining us for the first time. You have an idea of what? Uh, I'd say I kind of go with what he was saying about I believe the church is the body of Christ, but at the same time, we are told that we are body is the temple of Christ as well. So, in my perspective, I'd say to believe the church is the human being himself. So, the more people are gathered, the more the stronger the church is. So, in the fact that, in the same way that when we are trying to achieve something, numbers is greater, that doesn't mean that the actual building or the place which makes a church by the people in the Okay, thank you. Thank you. John, you um, met us right. Well, church, uh, it's a gathering of believers who have the same faith and believe in the same God. Okay. Thank you. So we can see we can see different aspect of what churches, you know, come together because we all have you know, as Kyle just said, that it's all of the above which is very true. But one thing with us is that usually as individuals certain things ministers more to us than others. That is what the church is. So, right, everybody has said it's the right thing, but one thing with the church is, it, put it in, in a simple topic, is a place of where the teaching is taking place, teaching the word of God, where preaching, teaching is different from preaching, um, and worship, and fellowship, and what we left out was evangelism. Amen. Because we are, the church is a place where we ought to spread the news to, 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 to bring more people in. But because of time, I'll just brief through what we said and just kind of and summarize it. Is when we talk of teaching, as uh, Lola they said and also Kingsley said and one other people said as well, was where we can dig in deep into the Word of God. You know, the Bible in Second Timothy two fifteen it says we should be diligent. Second Timothy two fifteen, it says we should be diligent to present ourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word. Of truth, that we should rightly divide the word of truth. So, in terms of teaching, we should be able to interpret the scripture in the way you know. We talked about the Pharisees earlier on, where they twisted the scripture to suit the belly. But the teaching comes to bring understanding on what it truly means, what it means. So that's what the church is, you know. And that teaching can be done in different aspects. It can be done one to one. Can done in the church, can done at home, anywhere. Teaching, that's what we talk of Bible study. Now, so that is one. So if we look at quickly go to the second point that, uh, you know, preaching. You know, preaching is different, but one thing that we should understand what preaching is all about. If we quickly look at the Word of God in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. We see what preaching is, what, what pre- give understanding of what preaching is. Preaching, Second Timothy, Timothy chapter 4, verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season out of season. It says what the preaching does is to convince, is to rebuke, and to exalt with all long suffering and teaching. Amen. So if we look at it, that's what preaching is all about. So preaching, is, and a lot of people don't like the word to, 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 to reprove, you know. It's easy for everybody like exhortation, being encouraged, you know. But in the preaching, you're supposed to chastise, tell the people where they're going right or where they're going wrong. That's what Apostle Paul did as well. You know, so that is what the church is all about, so that we can be better. Amen. 
we can be better by the grace of God. Encourage one. And they told us, someone said, I don't know exactly who said, so it's a place of worship, I think it was John, that said that, a place where we come to worship God, which it's supposed, you know, that is one of the heights of it when we offer praise. Because one thing is that if we don't offer true praise to God, the word of God says, even stone, Jesus speaking, can even praise him. Even the stones will praise God. So when we come, what God wants is for us, our hearts, to be in sync when we praise him. Amen. To put our problems aside. There are going to always be issues. As I always tell people that if you want to, if you're planning to get to point A, when you get to that A, the next thing you're looking at B. And every point has its own challenges. And you know, and you want answers to those equations. So if God answers your prayers today, tomorrow there's going to be another thing to, 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 you know, to face. So, but when we come in His presence, you know, worship doesn't have to just be here. It can be personal worship, collective worship. But that is one of the highest ways we can fellowship, we can worship God. Amen. Amen. So, but one thing I want us to encourage us is that whenever we worship God, you know, when we commune with God, that is in the service, the, the message is good, but the worship we should never miss as much as possible. The reason why is, you know, when you worship, you focus on the lyrics. And when you focus on the lyrics of the song, it ministers and you focus on Jesus in your heart. Then that word, then you can feel in presence. So the word of God says, God inhabits the praises of his people. And what does it mean to inhabit? Imagine when your heart is in the worship to God. Then God comes into you, that person and inhabits you. And one of the experiences I can tell you from time to time when that happens to me, sometimes you just find, you just know that the presence of God is in you. You know, you feel it. You know God is in you already because you have the Spirit of God. But the, this time around is different because it's as if this, that, that presence is magnified. It's like God is also joyful. And sometimes it could push you to weeping. You know, in the days of old, when they worshipped God, the Bible says that even the priest could not even minister to God because the presence of God had come down so mightily in that building that nobody could minister. You know, people were just on the knees. You know, the priest could not even do what he wanted to do or want to, want to preach what he wants to preach because the presence of God. And there's something about the presence of God. When his presence comes, situations are resolved naturally. You know, we looked at this morning um, in the open heavens, victory um, without uh, uh, victory without a fight. You know, we looked at it how the children of Israel, where they were confronted by three kings in the book of Chronicles, and as uh, they knew that those three kingdoms were far bigger than them, and it, it was a battle that they were going to lose. You know, but God just told the prophet that for them to just praise Him. And when the children of Israel gave God genuine praise from their hearts, the Bible says that the, 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 God caused the three kingdoms to fight each other, to help destroy one another. Now, when they destroyed one another, the Bible says not one escaped. That when the children of Israel came to the camp of the enemy, the Bible says that, you know what, that the spoils that they got from the dead, that it was too much. It took them over three days to gather the spoils. For a battle that they did not lift up a hand to fight. Amen. For a battle. That is what praise does. So we must understand that sometimes when we want to praise God, we need to intentionally 
put ourselves. Sometimes, praising God sometimes, sometimes we just think it comes. It doesn't always come naturally. That is the reality. But it's something that we need to put ourselves in. Intentionally make up our mind to put ourselves in. Not just to come and just do so. And that is how we can give God an effective praise. Effective worship. And the fourth bit is fellowship, which Mushopoe talked about, which I am, I don't know, my, my, I, I, I love that, that big part because I just look at it that that is the, for me personally, that is the, that is the, the real Christianity, which today is really missing in the body of Christ because of the things that we do. I used to love, you know, I remember when I was doing my own uh, many years ago and studying, and, you know, when we did some studies on how the bankers used to live those days, how they used to do bank, you know, I used to wonder that it was a beautiful time that has been missed, you know. It's not like you just come to the bank today and do a service and they offer you a service and off you go. You know, those days, you want to see your manager, the manager can come with you, you can go golfing and discuss business together. I'm saying this doesn't happen these days, you know. But, you know, you can fellowship and get to understand the customer, get to know the customer. It's not just because of the customer is bringing money to bank and you're getting some interest. No. Then they had fellowship. In those days, you know, parents knew where you're from, know your home, know your father. You know, those things matters. You know, because there was fellowship, there was a sense of that community, which somehow uh, it's, it's missing this day. You know, we're in a, we're in a uh, I would like to put it in the millennial age where everything is, you know, um, the speed of light, uh, you know, so we don't have the time to pause, to take stock. We're always on the go, always on the go. So, and the honest truth is that it, it, now, it now leaves a huge vacuum. Because as Nushokwe said, that in the time of fellowship, you know, the, 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 you know if you look, let's just look, reference it, you know, in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 44. Acts 2, 44 says, Now all who believed, it says, we're together and had all things in common. The first, you know, had all things in common. That means, you know, what I have does not matter. It's like, had all things in common means that we shared each other burden. You know, when you, when you fellowship, you know when someone is going through uh, a hard time, you know, and you can share each other burden, help the next person, be the answer to the next person's prayer. There's a story of... Um, Two gentlemen, this is just on the side, pray. And, and to be honest, I understand that prayer, that prayer, because sometimes when I go to the place of prayer collectively, and someone is shouting, God, oh, he distracts me. You know, you know, it's a distraction. I'm like, I just want some peace and quietness, and I just want to hear from God. So there's a story of a gentleman, two gentlemen, they were by the wall praying, and one is shouting, God. For example, I, I need 10,000 euros, I need 10,000 euros, I need 10,000 euros, God save me, I you know. And the next man is just, he just wanted some quietness that he just needs one million euros. So he now said, This guy is disturbing me. He said, Take this 10,000 and this is the answer, go, so that I can pray to God, you know, and all that. <laughs> you know? But that's the, that's the reality. So sometimes, but in the place of fellowship, we, you know, we can. You know, we can. You know, that is what fellowship does. And that's what the church has, uh, has missed. That's what we can pray for the sick. You know, the Bible said the prayer of the faith will heal the sick. That's when we can patronize one another, when we fellowship. Fellowship is not when we gather here. True fellowship, you know, the church, the church of old said that they went from house to house. 
You see, they didn't just gather on the day of synagogue. They gathered on the Sabbath day. But beside the Sabbath day, like today, they went from house to house to fellowship. You know, breaking bread together. That means breaking bread, not necessarily just the body of Christ, but eating, feasting together like we would do today. And that is when you know a person. Amen. It's not when we just come on a Sunday. That's when you get to really know the person. After church, why can't we just meet up? You know, let's go for a coffee and discuss what is going on in our lives. Because in this atmosphere, there's so many things we can't discuss. But when you stay one-to-one, you get to know the person. As a husband and wife, you know, you get to know one another by spending time together, going out and all that. But that is what the body of Christ ought to be. Jesus Christ communed with his disciples. You understand? They, they, were, they lived together. They moved together. You know, he understood them. They understood him. And that is what church is. And that is how we can understand what our brethren, our brothers are going through. But it's something that we must intentionally do. And that's the honest truth. In this busy world. You know, it's like the world makes us so busy to neglect the very important things to commune with the next person. And that's what we need. You see, in this country, a lot of people, not just in Europe, Europe, a lot of people live in isolation. A lot of people are going through stuff, you know, and they just stay alone and lock themselves up. But they need help. But if you don't open your door to communicate, to stretch your hands out to get to know, you know, then you can never, they live in isolation and they die in isolation. That's why you have people committing suicide because all they want to do is just to talk to the next person. That's all. Just want to share. You know, sometimes when you, when you, whatever you're going through, once you've, even though the person might not give you help, but by the time you've let it out, it is half already solved because it's released the pressure. Amen. So I just encourage us that, you know, you know it's like uh, I tell someone, it's like, you know, you, you have to promote the next person business in fellowship. It's like I was speaking to a gentleman that um, gave me a lift from the airport. You know, I don't know why, I, you know, I was coming down from, uh, coming from Nigeria. I don't know why I even met to call the guy to give me a lift. I could have taken a cab. Even evangelist here offered to give me a lift. But this gentleman said he would pick me up. And he picked me up. And whilst we drove together to the house, as soon as he dropped me, he said, Oh, by the way, I need help. He did his MOT, or his NCT. And he said, Oh, and the, the car filled the NCT. And he said, oh, the buckle is bad. He has to buy a new buckle or whatever. I said, I really say, can you look at it? I said, well, if the buckle is bad, it's bad. Buy a new one. So I just had an inclination in my spirit. Just check it out. And I looked at the buckle. I said, give me a torchlight. And I looked inside. And I realized that something was inside. And I said, okay, I went in, got a pin and sorted it out. And he said, wow, it's good to talk what we're going through. That even for this reason, that this was a headache for him. That is, you know, and for me, it wasn't a simple thing. So just by that little communication, we were able to resolve just something as minor. And the next thing was like, oh, I know a company I'm, that, that I'm consulting for. You know, they haven't had a good accountant for years. You know, when they, you know, permit me to say, they said that when they, they got an Irish accountant and they said the Irish accountant wanted all the profit to go to the tax man. That's what the gentleman said. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's an African business. And then I said that, and they got an African accountant. And the African accountant was trying to save them a lot of money by being a bit dodgy, you know, cut corners. And this, this business person just wanted it to be straight and fair. Do you understand? And I said, oh, 
By the way, I know of a gentleman in the office that who he does this on, and I know this gentleman is someone very clean. And just by that conversation, I could promote this other gentleman to say, "Wow, have you considered this guy?" He said, "I didn't know this guy consult for other companies." I said, "Yes, he does, but it's not something he advertises." That is what the fellowship is all about. That is how, as a church, we can help patronize one another. But if we don't pay that price, we cannot. We will just come on a Sabbath like today, praise, worship God, and we'll go back home and carry on and meet again next Sunday. Amen. And that is not what the church is all about. It's more than that. And finally, look at evangelism. And it's the final commission that Jesus told us. It says in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, it says, you know, that we should go, you know, and preach the gospel. And that is what, that was the final thing that he left the church to. And it's something that we have neglected as a church. Uh, we here, and so much other. Verse, verse 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's what God is saying. But it's something we don't do. We haven't really done. But one thing I want to encourage us that um, was laid in my heart a few weeks ago. And that I was so, it was so strong in my heart that as the inspiration came, I wanted to just text everybody in the church, you know. I said, oh, no, no, hold back, relax, relax, relax. Just, 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 you know. And my wife tells me that, you know, I'm just too quick to just react, you know. So I said, oh, calm down, calm down, calm down. Reprocess it, you know, and, uh, you know, share it. Well, what, what really came to my heart really was like, at least twice a month, you know. Once a month, everybody, every one of us should go out on a Sunday together. The reason why is, you know, it's easy for everybody to say that I would do it on my own. But, you know, but when there is, I would like to put it, uh, when there is uh, accountability, somehow, you, you, you know, you tend to really do it than everybody does. So what came to my heart was, at least two Sundays in a month, we should all go out. But we won't all go out collectively. So, for example, you can just choose one Sunday in a month that we will go. So it could be a team of two. You can say this Sunday we'll go out, another Sunday another team will go. So it's just at least each individual should be able to give one Sunday. Now, if you are buoyant to be able to talk to someone on the street or a neighbor, glory. If you're not buoyant enough, you should be able to give out a card. If you're not too, if you're too shy to do that, you can do a leaflet drop in the little box. Amen. So there's no excuses because. Do you understand? Because you don't know what, you know, the Bible says you don't know what will bring a person. You don't know what to say. For example, I've seen someone come to the church all because they saw the church um, uh, leaflet on the floor, on the street, and they picked it up. They said, oh, I didn't know there was a church here. And they decided to come. And that's how we develop fellowship together. You know, so you don't know what will bring or what will happen. But ours is to send the news out. Amen. Well, yeah, and amen. So let's just bow our head and just take ourselves to time is gone. And just bless the Lord for the message and thank God for yourself. And thank God that we that He has kept us. And as we pray, uh, let's just make a commitment to God individually uh, by His grace. That what as we heard that what church is all about, that, that what ministers to us today, that Lord come and help me. 
to play my own part right in the name of Jesus Christ. Pray and that God will give you a heart to do what is right all the time in the name of Jesus. Even as we talked about reading his word, studying his word, that the Lord will give us the grace to prioritize our time so that uh, we can read and study the word and pray that the word of God, Lord, let that word bear, let it bring understanding, let there be understanding, let there be well of joy in my heart as I read your word. Uh, let's just pray that the Lord will just help every one of us. That wherever we are struggling as a church, uh, for those that are not even here, wherever they're struggling, Lord, come and help them as well. That you, you can meet everyone at that point of need. Lord, come and meet them, meet us all at our point of needs in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we just bless and praise your holy name. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen.